0: Swung a high Swung around. on high. This try. is tagged. Hammered it the gap. At the track. I and deep to right. Ball. That ball just got out, out of here. was hit a it's ton. This is going to go to the rock this ball. This ball's getting small. This is charged. Way back at
1: the track. Seems like the ball's had a lot of life the last couple of nights. We could go back to back. Here's Adam Engel. swinging along a long one to left. We're going to have a tie ball game. He did go back to back. I and deep. This is crushed to left center field. This is going to go for a home run. Way out of here.
2: This is is White Sox Weekly.
1: Strike
2: after strike. He is on a roll. Seven straight strikeouts. The wind and the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss and a fastball away. Make it eight in a row for Giolito.
1: Coming off of my and team... Had a lot of adjustments to be made. I had to fix some mechanical things. I had to fix some mental stuff, and then I was able to have a pretty good body of work. For me, it just makes me hungrier for more.
2: Anderson hits one in the air, deep into left field.
0: Gordon turns and watches, and this one is gone, way up into the
2: bleachers.
1: He turned on it, burned on it, flipped the bat, and started running. You know, we broke down my swing, and uh, we made some changes, and uh, it it's seeing the work for me.
2: The Chicago Baseball Conversation. Deep in the right field, on the flagship home. Of the Sox, it is Seven twenty, WGN.
0: Welcome into White Sox Weekly. Good afternoon to everybody out there. On a beautiful Saturday in Chicago. Kevin Powell with you, and the great Chris Bowden sitting in with me on Watch White the Sox Adjectives.
2: Weekly. Let's not get too carried away here. Watch the adjectives. The last time I was at a White Sox game, yes. was Michael Kopeck's debut. Wow. that was also. Blackhawks night
0: when Alex Debrinkit threw out the first pitch. Look
2: at this. So this is my White Sox expertise. You're going to be uh, you're going to be dealing with here well, for the a next perfect hour. Perfect
0: mix there, Bowden, of your expertise, White Sox and Blackhawks. He found a way to get Hawks in there uh, sixty seconds into that's the show. Right. Ding, Chris, ding, ding, Chris ding. Bowden, of course, uh, has your White uh, Blackhawks pregame uh, and postgame. You'll hear him a little bit later on on WGN. Uh, way later on. What am I doing later. here for you're, two you're and a half early. hours? It's because you're a team player. You're all about we, yeah, not right. me, Chris. Chipping that's in. what I appreciate about you. Pinch hitting. This is White Sox Weekly and. and Uh, Yomer Sanchez, one of the more entertaining players really in all of baseball, is going to be on with us in about seven minutes or so. Uh, Gold glove winning Yomer Sanchez. He was outstanding in the field this season. And uh, one of my favorite players because he has found a way to, I don't know, reinvent the the water uh, bath after doing something, a celebration. He dumps it on himself. And then he started getting the third base coach and he started getting teammates with it always an entertaining player.
2: Yeah, and uh you know, uh we certainly uh, hope he's part of the bla- uh the White Sox future. He's I think arbitration eligible next month at some point, mm-hmm. uh but uh Certainly uh, earned, earned his stripes with uh, his performance in the field this year. Uh, real valuable player, that the, the type that every baseball team likes to have on their roster. And um, yeah, uh, God forbid if he does go somewhere else, hopefully he doesn't have something written into his contract that prevents his celebrations. wherever. Yeah,
0: wherever look, else. I mean, Nick Madrigal's on a fast track to the big leagues. He was outstanding in the minor leagues. Some people thought he could have been up in the bigs already as soon as as last season. We'll see how quickly the Sox do try to elevate Nick Madrigal to the bigs. He's on his way. Yomer Sanchez, though, as you mentioned, does fit the perfect profile of that extra infielder off the bench where you, you know you can play him. It, it, you can put him at short if you really need to, but second, you can put him at third. And if you're going to be a guy like that, it, almost like the six-man off the bench, you got to be able to field because you have to. And he can, obviously. You just won a gold glove. So he does fit that mold of utility-type player Solid bat, good fielder, and absolutely loved in the clubhouse.
2: Yeah, and, and we'll have to we'll have to ask him about you know uh, weighing that pro and con between if there is an an everyday opportunity out there with perhaps uh, someone else. If if he's not able to you know uh, reach something with the White Sox beforehand, whether that's a carrot out there that uh, is is very important to him. Um, or whether he takes pride in this current role. And that's not to say he, he, he wouldn't be a starter here should he come back to the White Sox. But, um, I'm sure he takes a great deal of pride in that versatility. But I know every major league player, too, also wants to be the guy every day at a certain position, too.
0: Yeah. It's interesting on, on social media following the diehard Sox fans. You got to love them, folks. You got to love them. Um, (laughs) The anticipation for this offseason really started to creep in even before the regular season was over because this feels like that perfect sweet spot for the Sox organization who've, who's who gone through this rebuild, which has been tough times. There's been some really tough times. I thought last year, despite the, the – look, they didn't have a winning record, but there were some great moments, and you saw individual growth from Lucas G. Alito to Madison's your batting mm-hmm. uh, champ, Jose Abreu. By the way, there was news this week out of the general ma- manager uh, meetings in Arizona. Uh, Thursday was the deadline for um, players to accept qualifying offers, which is a one-year deal worth uh, $17 million. Sox uh, extended that to Jose Abreu, he accepted it. So slugger Jose Abreu, uh trade or anything like that, will be back for at least one more season on the South Side. A guy that just is about as consistent as they get.
2: Well, White Sox for life, as far as Jose is concerned, and at least it is for for one more year. And yeah, that's another thing I'd like to ask Yomer about. It is about Jose's impact in that clubhouse from a, a fellow player standpoint, and uh, how much of a leader he has developed into within that room and uh I, I think he's he's held in real high regard by his teammates and I think he's held in real high regard in terms of uh around around Major League Baseball too with what he's been able to accomplish and especially this year winning the American League RBI title.
0: So now it's um getting back to the social media and the buzz from fans about the excitement for for this offseason because it does feel like this, the time where a team will spend a lot of money, right? You, you've got the core players. You've got... I mean, look at look at the field already for next year. It's pretty much set. You've got Eloy in left. Let's start with the infield. Third base, you've got Yoan Short, Tim Anderson. Second base, could be Yomer Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Could be Nick Madrigal. Right. Could be a free agent signing. You've Jose Abreu first, and James McCann's likely behind home plate um, to start the season. And then you probably have Lucas Giolito, your, your day one starter. So, and then you have Eloy and left. I think I think the one area a lot of people are, are expecting them to add talent via free agency is right field. There are some options out there. Nicholas Castellanos, who fit in just nicely with the Cubs, and right. he provided a big jolt to that organization. Maybe they find a way to bring him to the south side. From the north side to the south side, it makes a lot of sense there. And, look, uh, I, I'm not saying they're the favorites by any means, but... There's no question. There's no reason the White Sox shouldn't be in on Garrett Cole. I don't care how much people are projecting the man is going to make, which is going to be a lot and lot and (laughs) lot of money. Um, They should absolutely pursue a Garrett Cole because I mean it's going to cost a lot of. The Sox showed last year with the offer to Manny Machado, despite missing out. That they are willing to spend right. the money. That was reportedly $275 million with $50 million of escalators and benchmarks. If he hit them, he could have added. So you tell, He's the White Sox basically said they were willing to go th- around $300 million for a single player. Mm-hmm. And the one argument you can make against the Garrett Cole or a pitcher is you get a starting pitcher once every five games compared to an everyday player. So you do have to kind of weigh the balance there. But Garrett Cole just fits the exact profile of what they need. They have these young group of arms, the Giolitos, Michael Kopech, Dylan Cease, That's your anchor. That's your veteran proven anchor. You may have to overpay. If you got to give them six or seven years, look, you're probably not going to get great production the final two, three years, but championship windows are small, Chris, in in all sports, right? I mean,
2: whether White Sox fans want to, want to, you know, uh, want this comparison or not, you know, you mentioned this, this team went out and swung hard last Mm offseason at what they wanted to do. And you would think they may do that. Rick Hahn playing it very close to the vest at the winter meetings this, this past week, not wanting to, Put his skis too far out ahead of himself in terms of expectations for the off season. I think that's that's something wise to do. But um, you, you know, you saw the kind of impact that John Lester made on the North Side mm-hmm. with that big contract that he made. Now you're in a situation where he's at towards the tail end of that contract. Based on what we saw last season, you're wondering how much more they're going to get out of him. But in terms of the splash that was required and the impact that he made as that number 1 to lead a pitching staff, um, uh, there's no question about the impact that that signing – and do any of these free agents – are, are any of them not represented by Scott Boris?
0: That's the <laughs> scary that part. Way. That's the scary part. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Kevin Powell. This is White Sox Weekly. Yomer Sanchez is coming up next. Give the gift of White Sox baseball this season with a holiday pack starting at just $45. Each pack includes four ticket vouchers for the 2020 season, along with an exclusive White Sox holiday blanket. Get yours today at WhiteSox.com slash holiday packs. The O one. one Ground ball shortstop into left field. This goes racing home Anderson around second
2: Castillo. An RBI single by Yolmer Sanchez cuts the Tigers lead in half.
0: Welcome back into White Sox Weekly. Hope you're having a great Saturday afternoon. It was beautiful out there today. Still a little chilly, but uh, plenty of sunshine today. So I hope you're having a great weekend. Kevin Powell with you alongside the great Chris Bowden. Uh, White Sox Weekly rolls until 5. Our first guest, Yomer Sanchez, sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. the uh, great Yomer Sanchez is on the phone with us. Yomer, thank you for jumping on. We appreciate
3: it. Uh oh, no problem! Thank you, guys. Thank you.
0: And first off, congratulations on the Gold Glove Award. How, what does that mean to you, Yelmer?
3: Oh, it means a lot. You know, it means a lot. Uh, the work to put a good performing defense uh, on the defense and the offense. So uh, the offense that was uh, that the. the the way that I won, but I play my uh, my good defense, so it's good.
0: Big bats always stand out in baseball. It's what we focus on a lot, but defense can be overlooked quite often. Tell us about how much work you put into to your glove work and your pregame routine, and and what it means to see all that hard work pay off.
3: No, you know, I I do my routine every every day. I try to do the same. Uh, sometimes we take uh, early early ground balls, but uh, during BP I take uh, like. 15 20 ground balls and throw to first, and then I turn double play with the TA. So that's kind of to remind to move my feet to you know to, to, to put a good angle to throw to first, though. So you have to practice every day so you don't forget. And when when uh, the situation goes in the, in the game, so you know how to react, so it's really important.
2: So a couple qualo questions about the award. Uh first, uh are you keeping it or are you handing it over to uh a family member or anything like that? And if you are keeping it, you got your spot kick uh spot picked out in your house?
3: Yeah, yeah, I gotta I, I gonna keep it so I'm gonna put it next to my bed. Okay. So. <laughs>
2: Open your but, eyes, that's the yeah, first but, thing you
3: see, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the the, the first couple of days and, and then I I think I'm gonna put in my song uh room. So um, a lot of a lot of people don't know, but on my first year in in ball, I, I I won a, a golf glove too, so I have a one in Winterball and now won in one in League. Oh,
2: you're, you're you're getting a collection now. Watch out. Uh, what what's uh, what's typical <laughs> what's typical off season like for you? Once once the regular season winds up at the end of September, uh, and of course next season, you know you're hoping it lasts a little bit uh, longer longer than that. Um, yeah. What's what's your typical routine in terms of getting away, then starting to recharge and ramp up again?
3: Yeah, no, I take it like, a, uh, well, this, this year I take like three days, uh, two, uh, three weeks, or three weeks off, uh, almost one month, and uh, I start working. You know, I start working. There's a lot of things that I have to improve, so I'm working right now and try to, to get better in all the aspects. So, yeah, and I spend time with my family you know take my my son to school uh to baseball practice to the game you know do a lot of things because during the season you don't have that much time to to spend with your family so uh right now i'm working in the morning but uh the rest of the day try to to do something with my family with my kids with my wife so
0: do you watch postseason postseason baseball yomer do you just get away once your season's over
3: Oh, uh, I love I love uh, watch our position game. Uh, I really love. I I think Canada uh, because the the you know the the intensity is really good and because uh, you 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 visually your 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 team playing that position next year. So kind of just to like to to get used to 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 all those. So it is good and the position is always fun. So.
2: So, and, and obviously, uh, you're looking for your first taste of that. How do you think you would handle that uh, on that big stage with so much at stake? Um, I, I don't know if you're a nervous guy before every game, and whether you are or, or not, do you think a few more butterflies might be might be flying around in that stomach if you ever uh, were fortunate enough to get to that stage?
3: Yeah, you know, I think the first idea be going to be nervous, but I think it's the same game, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you have to do if nothing change, just uh play off. So I think uh don't try to do too much, don't try to 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 do a lot of things, just try to game base, help, help the team win games and you know, uh do a little thing.
0: We're talking with the White Sox second baseman Yelmer Sanchez, Gold Glove winning Yomer Sanchez. I should add, uh, Yomer, Some news this uh, past few days: Jose Abreu will be back on the South Side. He accepted that uh, qualifying offer. I know for a lot of fans, that's a relief to see the slugger remaining on the South Side. For you as a teammate, what does he mean to that clubhouse, and how uh, happy were you to see him uh, take the offer?
3: Uh, you know, I we know that he he don't he don't g- gonna with other team. He love, uh way socks. He love, uh the clubhouse. All the guys, and uh, he know that we are really close to, to to play in the postseason, to play uh, in the World Series. So he wanna be part of that. And uh, Anna is, is, is excited. You know, I'm so happy that we're gonna keep him at least one more year. And uh, not because he's one of the leader, uh, the leader. The leader. The clubhouse, or so hes always fun to be around
0: him. Yo, Mar, I've got to ask you this, but it's been all of the talk uh, around baseball, and really in sports. But there was some, some, some questionable video evidence of the Houston Astros allegedly stealing signs. Look, we know stealing signs has been around in baseball forever, but the use of technology is banned in baseball. What, what have you made of the whole sign stealing saga over the past couple of weeks?
3: I mean, I—I uh, I think that that was too much, you know. But uh, I don't like to. To, to talk about it. Uh, if they did, they, they know it, it was wrong. Uh, but uh, I don't really like to talk about it. And, uh, you know, I, I think they went way too too far. But uh, I, don't uh, I don't know. Like you say, everybody tried to still sign, like, from second or, you know, if the pitch do something. But uh, not to do that, uh, I don't know. I don't really... Want to say anything? Okay, uh, let's try
2: this. Um, uh, you, you have a, a date coming up in a couple of weeks where you, you and the the White Sox have to decide about about futures. I, you know, I, I'm I'm assuming that uh, this is a place you want to stay. What has being a lifelong White Sox uh, meant to you? It's been uh, what almost ten years now since uh, since you signed with the organization. What has being with the White Sox uh, meant to you?
3: I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, a lot. When I say a lie, because I, like you say, when I was 16 with this team, and I, you know, I still want this team. They, they, they give me the opportunity to play as a professional baseball. Uh, they give me the opportunity to play in big league. They give me the, the opportunity to, to show my talent. They give me the opportunity to, to win my first gold glove. So, uh, I I'm really thankful for everything they, they, they did for me the last, the last, the past couple of years, but, uh, um, you know, we, I, I hope I stay here. I, I know I, uh, I can, I' gonna uh, help this team to win games, and and yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for next year.
0: Well, Yomer Sanchez, we, we uh, hope to see you on the south side next season. Congratulations on the Gold Glove. Enjoy your off season, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon out in the spring training.
3: Okay, see you guys soon.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks, Yomer. That's Yomer Sanchez, your White Sox second baseman. We'll have news next on 720
2: WGN. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN.
0: Welcome back into White Sox Weekly. Kevin Powell with you alongside Chris Bowden is... This rolls on until about 5 o'clock. Thank you again to Yomer Sanchez, who jumped on. Yomer's always so fun, Chris Bowden. And yeah. again, I like how he reinvented the water cooler. We didn't ask him that. about that, I know, too. I was well, going to. We gonna 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 kind of ran out of time. Got any so. new
2: ideas coming up for 2020.
0: And speaking of 2020, 2020 ticket packages are on sale now. Secure your seat with a 20-game plan. Find the plan that meets your schedule and budget with lower-level plans starting as low as $403. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312 674 Thousands. So we go from Yomer Sanchez to the uh, newest member of Ricky Renteria's coaching staff and Scott Coolbaugh. He's been named the assistant hitting coach after spending some time uh, in the Dodgers organization. He was the hitting coach down in AAA Oklahoma City. Scott, welcome to Chicago. Appreciate you jumping on.
1: Appreciate it, Kevin, Chris. Thank you for having me.
0: So how did this come about? How did this opportunity, how did you end up la- uh, landing with the White Sox? Who reached out to you? Was it Rick Hahn? Was it Ricky Renteria? Uh, tell us about the process of you joining the White Sox organization
1: well uh, you know it was kind of a surprise to me i was in uh, mexico uh coaching winter ball and uh got a call from rick Renteria and said that um frank Menekino had been named the hitting coach and recommended me as the assistant and wanted to talk to me about my that situation i never met rick before but uh sounded like a great individual on the phone and and uh Rick Hahn uh, reached out to me also after that and kind of got the deal done. So uh, looking forward to the new challenges and excited about the opportunity.
0: Yeah, talk about your relationship with with Frank Menekino. He's named the assistant, or excuse me, the hitting coach. He is now the assistant hitting coach. But what's your connection there uh, to Frank? Mm-hmm.
1: Back in the day, we played together a little bit in Birmingham. Um, I was there uh, with him, and we, we first connected as, as teammates, and just kind of kept contact along the way. When he was in Miami, we would always converse about hitters and, and things like that. Uh, so I've uh, always stayed in contact with Frank. He was always a uh, uh, good to me, and you know our dialogue seemed to be the same, and we always had that good connection when it came down to baseball. So. Um, you know, when the time came that he got the job, uh, he put in a recommendation for me, and uh, here I am.
2: Tell us a little bit about relationships between hitting coaches and assistant hitting coaches. Uh, I'm sure it varies from relation, relationship to relationship and team to team. But ideally, how how should that work in terms of divvying up responsibilities? And uh, is it necessary to absolutely be on the same page philosophically, or? You know, are some are some different ideas, um, and not necessarily you know black and white, but are some di- how important are different ideas uh, to work into the mix?
1: Well, I think it's important to you know collaborate with one another about uh, things that are going on with the team. Obviously, individual players' dialogue that you have, you know, it's very important to have relationships you build with the with the players themselves, and that time is during the cage. Sometimes it's at the hotel. Sometimes it's just, you know, sitting and having lunch with them and and getting to know them. But, you know, that dialogue, you take into context and and try to you know, formulate ideas that are best for the player. And sometimes, you know, you may come up with something totally different than the other hitting coach, but, you know, the main thing is that, you know, Frank is the guy that uh, everybody goes through and you collaborate with him. And I think that he knows me well enough that I'm on the same page with what we're trying to accomplish, but there are, you know, more than one way to skin a cat, so sort to of speak. So I think that some of the things that I've learned along the way, uh, being with the Dodger organization, Um, learning some of the new technology, uh, data analytics uh, that can be provided uh, along the way also are going to be useful for him, and uh, we can, uh, again, collaborate and come up with the best ideas to to help the players perform at their optimal level.
0: How much of the analytical component of a baseball swing, and we've heard a lot about the evolution of the swing in baseball, putting the ball in the air, a different arc plane, all those sorts of things. For yourself, a lifetime baseball guy, do do you do you adopt all those analytical and everybody's talking about the uppercut swing and put the ball in the air and all those sorts of things?
1: Well, I think that, you know, all this all the analytic and data is is, you know, great. Um, it still comes down to the individual player, what he's capable of doing, what he's not capable of doing. You know, we're not trying to turn all these guys into robots. I don't I don't think that's the the way to go about it and sometimes you can get into a mindset of trying to get everybody to be the same you know basically we want to make hitters to have good swing decisions um you know hit the ball hard keep it on a line uh, obviously the the line drive is the high, highest average in baseball uh, being able to do a little more than that is you know learn how to play the game too is you know there's situations that don't call for a fly ball you know, maybe a ground out to second base with an infield back and to score a run from third or move a runner over. So there's a lot more things into it than just launch angle. I understand that we want to maximize an optimal you know, performance of each individual to its fullest, but to the extent of what the player can handle, and, and you have to simplify that. So just taking some of the analytics and the data that are provided, I think you assess and 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 formulate a simple simplistic way to, you know, get the hitter to perform at the way that he's capable of playing.
0: There is a ton of talent in this White Sox organization, young talent. Uh, I'm sure you've 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 read up on the roster, but how familiar are you with with the young rising stars the Sox have? The Moncadas, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, and then even Luis Robert, Nick Madrigal, those type of guys. Have you had a chance to take a deep dive into this White Sox roster, and how much uh, have you seen from some of those players?
1: Well, I've seen some of them from afar, obviously. uh, Jose Abreu, obviously. uh, I scouted him back when I was with Texas, and I was with the major league hitting coach with Baltimore for four seasons. So I saw him uh, take advantage of us quite a bit over the years. I saw Tim Anderson kind of uh, grow into the player that he is today um you know Lueri Garcia I had in 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 Texas and then obviously the young players that you're talking about that are coming up and making an impact I think it's a great opportunity a great time with Chicago um nothing but upside Uh, and it's up to Frank and myself to to maximize those talents when they're in the box and you know try to put an offense together that's you know, going to be sustainable, be consistent all year long to score runs and do the things that are needed to win ball games.
2: Well, going back to your playing days in the likes of uh, Texas and, and San Diego and St. Louis, I know you you played with the <laughs> likes of the Rafi Palmeros and Ruben Sierra's, uh, even come across uh, an older Harold Baines and a younger Sammy Sosa. But there's one former teammate I really want to ask you about, and that's Darren Jackson during your days in San Diego. He's the he's the radio analyst here. So what do you got on Darren as a teammate?
1: Oh, Darren was a great teammate. I'll tell you what. You know what? He was upbeat, always brought energy every day to the field. Uh, great teammate, was always trying to help his teammates. You know, I was a young player, and when we both were together in San Diego, um, really enjoyed my time. Whenever I get a chance to see Darren uh, when we were playing, Chicago back in the day when I was with Baltimore, even Texas, I always had a chance to say hello to him and converse with him. So, um, really excited about getting the opportunity to be around him a little bit more uh, next year, and uh, look forward to it.
0: Talking with White Sox assistant hitting coach, new assistant hitting coach Scott Coolball. Scott, I want to ask you. I asked Elmer Sanchez this as well, and I understandably he didn't want to get too into it, but uh, from your standpoint, especially as a hitting coach, we uh, there's been some. Uh, A sign-stealing saga going on over the past couple weeks involving the Astros and video and a lot of weird things. Garbage cans were involved, allegedly, in the Astros dugout. What's been your take kind of seeing this unfold? Are you surprised? Um, And just the overall sign-stealing process in baseball?
1: Well, overall, I think that there's things that we've always, you know, players have always done. You know, coaches have tried to pick up things along the way to to have an advantage under in more of an ethical way, so to speak, if mm-hmm. a pitcher is tipping his pitches, you know, it's kind of on the pitcher that, you know, he's showing that. So you take advantage of things like that. Or, you know, if, a, if the catcher and pitcher are putting down signs that are easy to read, you know, base runner can relay or steal steal third base, you know, knowing what pitch is coming. So that's always been evolved in the game. I think that the thing that's most unethical is when you cross the line and using video systems and, you know, signaling from within uh, a TV monitor to to give the, the hitter a chance to take advantage of the pitcher. I, I think that is somewhat crossing the line and um, unethical and, you know, I'm not surprised of it. The way that technology is today, the way people are, you know, being hired to, uh, you know, study study signs and study things like that to have an advantage. The game in itself, throughout the years, people have always tried to to have that edge. But to what extent do you take advantage of that edge, so to speak? So, I do think it's unethical that um, you know the situation with Houston. Has come up um what they've done, I don't think they they were necessary to do that, but um I do know that if a pitcher is tipping his pitches and you know flaring his glove or doing something signal wise that's easy to read. I think it's on the player, not so much you know somebody looking at a monitor.
0: Couldn't agree more. Scott Coolball, the new White Sox assistant hitting coach, congratulations on the new gig, and uh, welcome to Chicago. Bring a lot of layers. It's just about cold all the time, Scott. So uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to meeting you out in spring training and seeing you here in Chicago uh, come next season.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Kevin, Chris. Um, I'm from New York, so, you know, gotcha. born and raised, so I'm used to Cold. I'm not afraid of that. All
0: right, <laughs> thanks, but I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Scott. Thanks a bunch. We appreciate it. Scott Coolbaugh, the new White Sox assistant, hitting coach. He didn't sound like he was from New York. No, no. And all uh, his days in the traveling and baseball, Oklahoma yeah, city, all that.
2: And you know, he he only had uh, only a handful. I think 400, 500 in major league at bats, mm. and um, only only a 215 career hitter. But you see a lot of this too, where where you know guys who weren't necessarily great hitters in the major leagues. For whatever reason, you know uh, they have a good way of, of of teaching it better than they execute it, yeah. which is sometimes hard to believe. But I'm sure.
0: Well, it's always see, what the, so what he can see that in the sports. Table. I mean, it doesn't necessarily. Yeah. Michael Jordan doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a great coach, yep. you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like the seventh man off the and bench. what was
2: Dave Ross's career batting average, you know, it was one of those catchers now who yeah. is is uh, managing material, so that'll be interesting to watch. Hey, the White Sox Pop-Up Shop is back at the Orland Square Mall this off-season. Visit the White Sox store at Orland Square Mall now through January 15th conveniently located From the Apple Store, fans can shop stadium exclusives and special promotions throughout the holidays. For more information,
0: follow at White Sox Store on Instagram. Plenty more to come on White Sox Weekly with me, Kevin Powell, and Chris Bowden right here on WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone! A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on
2: 720 WGN.
0: Kevin Powell with you alongside Chris Bowden as White Sox Weekly rolls on. Just uh, talking with Scott Coolbaugh as well as Yomer Sanchez earlier. Uh, I do want to get your thoughts, Chris. I had asked both of them about the, the sign-stealing part. Would you play baseball? Were you a baseball guy, sport? No, well, a real b- way, back, little when. way okay. back when. Just um,
2: Way back when. About three years before parents started getting a little too out of control. Not mine,
0: but Yelling others. at <laughs> the <That's> right. <laughs> We're seven, coach. Leave us alone. Yes. Play my son! Play my son. He's the best. Uh, White Sox Weekly rolls on here for the next uh, six, seven minutes or so, and then Chris will, and I will be on for another hour and a half. It'll be for the Beats. We'll talk uh, some Bears. We'll talk some Blackhawks who are looking good. Chris, we'll get into that. We've got plenty of time to get into that. But uh, focusing on the White Sox and baseball here. Look, uh, if, if you haven't heard this story, seen this story, uh, the gist of it is is the Houston Astros, who won the World Series two years ago. Uh, yes, two years ago, 2017. Yeah. Um, there are some videos surfaced. And some audio surfaced and some stories surfaced by Mike Fires, who formerly pitched for the Astros. There were three unnamed players. This was all in a a report from theathletic.com. And the story says, according to these players, that the Houston Astros put a camera out in center field that would zoom in and steal the catcher's signs that are being relayed to the pitcher. That camera just happened to be connected, allegedly, to a TV monitor inside the dugout. Now you're wondering how. This is already
2: way too technical for me. So, well, it's a
0: camera on a TV monitor. It's not that crazy. The camera zooms in. It it sucks it all in and then shoots it back to the TV monitor in the Houston Astros dugout. The way they would relay whatever sign they stole was by making noise. One of the ways they were doing it, and there's some pretty, pretty glaring evidence with this where you can you can hear it. It's very clear that let's say the catcher put down changeup. Camera picks it up, relays it to the TV monitor. Somebody in the dugout sees, okay, he just put down for a changeup. Sometimes they would take a garbage can and take a baseball bat and pound, and then the the batter could hear him. They would hear, they would look for Mm -hmm. an off-speed pitch. Chris, a little unethical (laughs) there. I'm all for a runner on second base, trying to get a little edge, trying to look behind the pitcher, kind of maybe realize, put two fingers down if you see breaking ball. Yeah, that's gamesmanship. I'm okay with that. This is over the line.
2: No doubt unethical, but now the question is if if there's enough evidence that all this happened and – uh, so what are the repercussions now? Two years later, I mean,
0: I mean they're not going to. You can't take away <laughs> <right>. <laughs> the World Series. I mean, it right. still does come down to performing. I understand that, but I think for a lot of people are going to look at that organization differently. And it's not like they're going to put an asterisk next to this, the World Series title. They still did it. They still performed. Um, I mean, even if you look, if you put me in a batter's box and told me a changeup was coming from a professional hitter, it still doesn't mean I'm going to hit it. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is one of the hardest things to do in sports is hit a baseball, and these guys do it over and over. That's why Hall of Famers are, you know, get out seven out of ten times. Still, it's it's very difficult. I understand that, but if if the MLB has launched an investigation mm-hmm. into it, the Astros say they're cooperating. Um, if they do find some some very strong evidence that this is all accurate and they were doing this. How prevalent was it? How often did they do it? Was this in the playoffs? When was this? Um, They're going to get hit with a massive fine. I would imagine. Some people might be getting fired.
2: and, And that's probably all you can do at this point. It always seems like uh, the Astros were in something controversial with the, the Cardinals, but it was the Cardinals who were penalized Stealing years ago. Database information, database on information, on scouts, information yeah. from that. And, so uh, somebody went to jail yeah, for that. Chris. Yeah, I'm not thought, kidding. Find themselves. Yeah, I remember reading. I don't know if it was uh, ESPN the magazine, yes. a ESPN or Sports Illustrated article about that. The one thing uh, about that, also though, and you know, n- not to talk about a guy on another side of town. You Darvish got hammered in those two games of the World Series against the Astros. And while he got himself a little bit involved in this over the last couple of days, he did admit, I don't know if. Stealing signs would have mattered against me because of the way I pitched in those two games. Yeah, um, and then so. there's some,
0: there some back-and-forth ribbing with, with him and Christian him and Yelich. Christian Yelich, Yelich right. It's so. turned into a—I'm calling it this, the sign-stealing saga in, in baseball right now. It's, uh, let's it, keep an eye on those Astros, though. Keep, you know? so that's let's, right, Chris. You know? That's very weird. much looking at that organization differently.
2: Not only do you need bomb sniffing dogs these days, but you need <laughs> neutral parties who will go down and look for hidden cameras and <laughs> listening for garbage cans <laughs> being struck by baseball
1: bats. <laughs>
0: 2019, man, cameras everywhere where they should or should not be, including center field relaying them to your dugout. You know, we had drawn comparisons to what the Astros did and every team that that rebuilds, you know, even to like where the White Sox are at with their rebuild, but I'm not going to compare them to that certain situation, mm-hmm. but there's a t- ton of talent that uh, on the White Sox uh, organization. I'm so pumped for for 2020 White Sox baseball, Chris. Yeah, and it's
2: it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they proceed here throughout this offseason, um, who goes where among this free agent field, how much money they get, and how mm-hmm. aggressive, with, uh, if, this, if in fact the Sox are ingre- aggr- as aggressive as they were last year with a couple of those guys. I would imagine they'll have their one target or two that they're going to be all in on um, because – it would seem it's uh, a couple pieces away here. We don't know what Kopech's going to be like at the start of the season. You're going to have to wait for Rodan, apparently. But God, uh, You said the, the last game
0: that? you were at, you saw Kopech's debut. That was and his that, debut. That was just such a fun night. It was rain-shortened, unfortunately. Right. I think like half, What he, how many times did he pitch that? Six starts or something? Half of them were rain-shortened. Right. Rain 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 shortened. So um, ton of reason to be excited. And uh, as the winter meetings get going next month, well, that's kind of when a lot of the activity picks up. I'm also just interested to see how the MLB offseason plays out because it's been really slow. Guys aren't signing until spring training has even uh, already started. Mm-hmm. How aggressive our team? teams? So, interested to see uh, how that all plays out. I'm Kevin Powell. He's Chris Bowden. This has been White Sox Weekly. Thank you to Yomer Sanchez for joining us earlier on in the program. Yomer, a Gold Glove winner. Congratulations to him. Also, Scott Coolball, the new assistant hitting coach. I thought he had some really interesting uh, things to say about he- how he approaches the gig and uh, just baseball as a whole and the approach at the plate in modern-day 2019 baseball. Thank you for listening to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN.